Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Nikki Walton, and I launched a natural hair platform back in 2008 as a way to work on my own self, my inner beauty, so that I can really reflect that light that I felt I had been dimming over the years. I never really liked my hair. I never appreciated like my skin and who I was. And so after coming into my own and finding that freedom and a better quality of life, um, I launched that website and have continued to work in the space of self-help. Um, I'm also a licensed psychotherapist, and I still see clients now um, all through tele telehealth. And um, I'm also an author. I've written a best-selling book with HarperCollins. It was published in 2013 and hit all the bestsellers list. And it was primarily on natural hair. And while my success has been in that space, it wasn't really like vlogging. I wasn't doing my hair. It was really more so about finding that inner beauty within, loving your hair, learning the science of your hair, and then going from there. And what I found is that many women used that natural hair journey as a way to continue to work on themselves. So it truly became like a spiritual journey that the natural hair was just like a catalyst for. I think that anyone that has embarked on a natural hair journey or is on one knows that maybe sometimes it starts one way and there's so many things that you kind of discover over over the course of time as you learn about yourself yes and it sounds like it sounds like you've had that experience um you know as you mentioned you know dimming your light and and not really appreciating or embracing yourself and through your process of your journey to finding yourself you maybe learned a lot of things along the way so I would love to hear like what are some of the key things that you kind of took away or continue to take away because the journey is your whole life you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, as you continue to evolve yeah you know I have to learn that I am, I get the time, it was like, I was good enough as I was, that I was already made perfect, that I was already worthy. And that's not something that we're really taught, even unconsciously, unfortunately, from our parents, we're taught as young black girls, straighten your hair so that you'll be more appropriate. That messaging, you know, really, really sinks in. I felt very ugly, unless my hair was straight. And my Mm. hair does not grow that way. So knowing that society, our parents, our teachers all helped create this unworthiness in us that is very deep rooted. It was like peeling away layers over the years. And there's still layers that I'm peeling away. It's always exciting almost when I see a new blind spot, you know, like a recent blind spot was me separating out inner beauty from outer beauty as if they're two. And I, mm. they're truly just one. It's like just from going from gross to subtle. And as I've continued to see that, that as long as I'm feeling good and I'm connected to that center of peace within, 
my outer beauty falls in place naturally. People perceive that confidence and they reflect it back to you. They perceive that love that you have for yourself and they reflect that love back, you know, in loving and healthy relationships. So my relationships have improved. My life has improved um, all from finding this joy within that unfortunately we've all ignored for years trying to fit in (laughs) trying to be normal you know trying to be something that we're not yeah something that we'll never be able to actually be right at the end of the day um, we're all made unique so we can't be like anyone else and we spend a lot of time I think striving to to either act like look like you know be like someone that is not us in that moment and that kind of keeps us on the hamster wheel stuck um kind of pushing ourselves away you know what I mean right no truly absolutely have you did you have a natural hair journey is yours any way and you know similar as mine girl I'm still on this natural (laughs) (laughs) you said you're just getting started we all enter our paths at different places so I'm sure you had your inner beauty journey already but now your natural hair journey is just popping off you know what's wild is that I cut all my hair off when I was in 2008. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the even crazier thing is that I had I had been exposed to your site and things like that, probably around that time. But mm-hmm. my hair didn't even get healthy until I didn't take it seriously until maybe 2012. So I was on the natural hair journey, but I wasn't actually I didn't actually know what I was doing. I didn't, you know, really understand how to take care of my hair fully yet because your hair also changes over time. So when you just when you just finish or just stop relaxing your hair or processing it in any way, it's one way. Excuse me. But over time, as your hair continues to grow out of your head naturally, the way that it, you know, just comes out, Mm -hmm. um, it starts to change. So the hair that you had right at the beginning of your journey could potentially change a year in, three years in, five years in. And so it's this constant uh, reevaluation and evolution as your hair continues to grow out. So I'm like, what is going on? It's like I have new hair every however often. Yes. (laughs) trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with it now exactly it's this continual process that you know kind of strips you and 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 forces you to face yourself um as you go and so yeah since 2008 I cut my hair off and 2012 is when I actually started taking it seriously Mm -hmm. and even to this day my hair continues to to show me new things about myself you know patience and yeah um (laughs) Because on wash day, you know. Right? Um, Wash day is tough. Also, it never does the same thing twice. So even if you did the exact same twist in the same parts and placement and the same Mm. product, it's going to look completely different next time. (laughs) Humility. Style Acceptance. Yeah. Yes. All those things. So yeah, the hair journey continues. It's just always ongoing. Even right now, I'm like, ooh, I'm touching it. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to do my hair right now as it is. And, you know, I caught a couple of your lives earlier this week. And you were talking about, you know, law of attraction and just self-acceptance. And I think we even get caught up in identifying ourselves, identifying our hair as it was yesterday, six Mm -hmm. months ago, a year ago. And all we really can do at the end of the day is just be with who we are now. Exactly. Exactly. I find that as long as I stay where my feet are, keeping my attention, my awareness in the present moment, 
everything works out because my mind isn't drifting off into the past where guilt lives, right? Mm -hmm. Where sadness lives and it's not drifting off into the future where anxiety and fear is. As long as I'm where my feet are, I can be and show up as my best self, as my most confident self, as my fullest self. Yes, that's so important. I mean, we we have to kind of continually remind ourselves of that. I think that we're kind of like um, Drew Barrymore in 50 first dates. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I love that. movie. <laughs> we go to sleep and then we wake up and it's like, sometimes we forget truly who yes. we are and we forget, you know, what we were made to do. And, and it, as quickly in the day, I say that we can find clarity, the mm-hmm. better off we are. I love that Drew Barrymore example, because in this case, at least for me in my journey of like spiritual awakening, I would fall asleep like in the moment, like it has to be a mm-hmm. moment to moment choosing because you forget so quickly because of all of this conditioning, all of your conditioning for decades. So having, I would set my phone reminder, my alarm to go off like once a minute for two hours to practice being aware, staying in the moment, staying mindful, staying heartful until that became my new baseline, until that became um, my new way of being. And it's really like you're practicing a new way of being, but it's actually you're practicing your original, your natural state. So once you get the hang of it and gain some momentum, you lock in there and life is just so much more vibrant and awesome. You start feeling that happiness that you've been seeking in all of these outside things where they where happiness is not. You just reminded me, you had mentioned permission slips. Yes, yes. That's my favorite phrase. Permission slips. We have so many permission slips to fill that natural happiness. A permission slip for me would be going to the beach. I live on the water, but I don't live on the sand. So I would walk to the beach every single day, just right around the corner. And I can't do that right now. And so all of my clients, I would always tell them, you know, you don't have to be on the beach to feel this joy, to feel this love. You don't have to be watching the sunset. And now, you know, I'm having to practice that. I can't be at the beach, but that love is here. That joy is here. And so finding out where you've placed your power like what are those permission slips for you it could be payday it could be a vacation it could be a good news in your email a new contract you know it could be a new relationship a new boo you feel like that person is bringing love into your life but they're not the love is already there they're a reflection of that love but the love is within you and as long as you can remember that then nobody can give it or take it away from you you just you are love and you radiate that and you be that. So finding out where you, where, where those permission slips are and still enjoying them, enjoying those activities, like, you know, painting or journaling that bring you, that seems to bring you that joy, but recognizing that it's just pointing you back to the joy that's already there, to the love that's already there. Wow, that's significant. That's so, 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 so important to remember and to practice, right? It's a practice, not a perfect. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, it's a moment-to-moment practice, a moment-to-moment remembering that whenever I feel upset about anything, I remember I'm not upset about that thing. I'm just feeling that discomfort, that seeming upset because I forgot my inner peace. And then again, that's another way to take your power back from those negative situations, the seeming negative emotions and the seeming negative circumstances when they're playing out, you see them and you remember, I'm not upset because of that passive aggressive email or because of what he or she said to me. I'm upset because I made it more important than my peace, than feeling peace. And then you step back into it. And then sometimes that anger is still there. That frustration is still there. But peace is there too. And you just keep leaning in to the peace until 
there's just peace left. Yes. It, you know, it makes me just think what we seek outside, without, outside of ourselves already lives within. Exactly. Exactly. And you have to wake up to that. And a lot of people seek outside until they die. Mm. It's very unfortunate. It's not a whole life. So being able to recognize this earlier, even if you're in your 50s, if you're in your 60s and you come to the recognition, wow, it's not out here. This is all emptiness compared to the love that's within. Um, I think it was Jim Carrey that said he wishes that everybody could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of (laughs) and wanted so they could see that happiness is not there. <laughs> so they could finally turn within. And, you know, instead of waiting until they get the car or the big house or that new promotion and seeing that it's empty. And he's like, I just wish that people could turn in now, turn within now and find it there. But, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing because these things out here are shiny and pretty and big and everybody wants them and everybody shows them off and we're all on Instagram, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. But we have to keep our center. Yes, the conditioning is the conditioning is really strong. Yeah. And you mentioned everything that you were saying is is learning how to recondition ourselves every moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, but when you when you get into that cycle where it's easier to remember, yes. it makes it everything seems to fall into place almost in a way that's difficult to explain. Right. And difficult to have even imagined. Right. You can visualize and do mantras or affirmations all you want. But when you're in alignment, the unfolding is so natural and so beautiful and often bigger than what you could have imagined. That's the beautiful piece, I think, is that our our vision at times is limited. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of the conditioning. Right. Because of your limited view of the past and what you think is possible for your life you can't see the bigger picture for what could actually happen in your lifetime to you and for you to be of service to others. So letting go, surrendering, accepting, not accepting your circumstances, but accepting, meaning falling into that peace, that presence that's there in the moment that is happening simultaneously with the circumstances that seem impossible to accept. That's the work because that feeling of acceptance is also the feeling of gratitude. It's the feeling of love. And when you're feeling those things, that starts coming into your, into your experience. Things that reflect that love, that reflect that gratitude, give you more things to feel you know, appreciative about, give you more things to seemingly pour your love into. But you have to get there first, even if you can only feel 0.2% of that peace. Even if you can only feel like a very subtle hint of love when those you know, seeming terrible situations are playing out. You have to reach and reach and reach and just try to feel 2% better than the appearance. And when you do that, things start matching how you're feeling. They start matching the world is a mirror. When you start smiling, it starts smiling back. Yeah, I think Louise Hay says our thoughts, we throw our thoughts out into the universe and they return to us in the form of our experiences. Yes, that's beautiful and true. And the way I used to explain it when I I was in a different office on the second floor Mm -hmm. and there was windows and we could see out above the trees and above the buildings. Yeah. Because we're on a mountain. And I would say to clients that we typically are on the ground Mm, trying to get to a destination or a location. So to us, we think we have to go left or right. You know what I mean? Thinking that that's the way Mm -hmm. to get there. And 
we do our best, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but yeah. the creator, our spiritual self, our higher self, when we're in that frequency is able to have an aerial view, like looking at a board game. Exactly. And see that the route to the destination that we want is much, you know what I mean? Is much easier than we think when we're on the ground. Right. Right. Exactly. So that means trust, trusting deeper, um, feeling that surrendering to that, which is that is present in every moment. And that's what I think is difficult for us because we get swept up Mm -hmm. during the day and we forget to feel for that spiritual self that we are. We forget to we forget that it exists and we feel alone and we feel separate. And that feeling is fear. That feeling is smallness. It's unworthiness. And so when I use unworthiness or fear as a trigger mm. to remind myself to turn and feel and know that that presence, that being is there, that where I am, God is or where I am, source is. And therefore, everything is working out, even if I can't see that that's the case in this moment I can feel it yeah it's so it's so what and I think that Eckhart Tolle says you get glimpses of it some people will get glimpses of it yeah and then we forget you know and so then we yeah. we, we attach whatever that thing was to the experience so it might be going to the beach it might be going to an amusement park it might be meeting someone new that's interesting and fun and so we think mm-hmm. that that experience is what created the bliss but that experience right. was just a reflection or turning us back to ourselves right and if we just continue to turn in over and over and over again we would be able to find it but we get distracted like you say and I I, I would joke around and say my spiritual like my spirit is always aligned always on the higher frequency high flying like Abraham you know Abraham Hicks yes, and Esther Hicks yes. say but my human sometimes gets a little gets a little lost you know yeah it's a little distorted <laughs> it's the distorted part of that frequency wow and so what at this point maybe are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned thus far Oh, I've had so many lessons. I think the biggest one that I always share with everyone is to find a practice, you know, one of the tools in your toolbox that you use regularly and try to keep it as your primary one. That way, when you find yourself in the middle of what Muji calls like a mind attack, Mm. when you're having one of those moments where it's internal turmoil from your own thoughts and emotions or seeming outside turmoil from a circumstance, you are able to pull out this tool and use it. And I've heard it likened to like picking one horse and riding it, riding it all the way home, not jumping from horse to horse to horse. Because the problem is if you've had all these teachers and all of these YouTube channels and all of these different books and pointings, you've learned so much and you have all these tools in your tool chest, you don't know which one to pull out. And you kind of freeze up and then you're just going back to your old coping mechanisms or you feel you judge yourself for not knowing how to make yourself feel better. Right. So knowing exactly what to turn to when those anxiety or fear energies arise in you on the moment, like knowing it like you breathe, like it has to be that natural to you. That's when you start seeing progress because you have to use every seeming negative energy as a tool to wake up. So as soon as you feel that, for me, I told you before, my tool is to remind myself that I'm not upset for the reason I'm thinking I'm upset. I'm upset because I stepped out of peace. 
that is that helps me because it cuts the legs out from under every situation. It doesn't matter what's happening. If I'm upset, it's only because I forgot God. I for, I'm out of alignment. It's the only reason. And then I would get back. And after I started practicing that regularly, every single time any minor thing came up or major thing, everything changed. My life, it's almost like you just start climbing the ladder. And you're climbing that ladder to that mountaintop, like you were talking about, because you're using every situation as a rung on that ladder. Hmm. You're rising with it instead of allowing it to hold you down. You're floating. Like Abraham says, you're the cork. Mm-hmm. You're allowing, you're allowing yourself to rise naturally and float on the water naturally like a cork does. I think that's so important for anyone that would classify themselves as a creative or an entrepreneur to hear and then apply because I, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs or creatives that jump from one thing to another or business idea to business idea, or, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? From Twitter to Facebook, to YouTube, to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you need to lean in sometimes into one thing. Yes. And And that's from my own experience. I mean, for me and my spiritual journey, I had read so many books and had so many teachers sent emails to a lot of those living teachers. And the information is great. And the way my mind works, I need to have like proof that something works before I start trying it. And at some point, I'm like, I have to just start practicing. You can read all you want, but the true guru, like the real answers, the key is within. It's in your heart. So finally putting the books down finally dropping the need that drive to seek 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 more and more information but to just rest in the presence like as soon as you find that inner peace you've got the key you've got the answer then it's just a matter of practicing it and so when I finally started practicing the presence of love of peace practicing the presence of God or practicing my alignment whatever phrase you want to use when I began doing that um, regularly things started going like I mean, I can't even describe to you <laughs> the way things lined up almost as like a wink. Like, yes, this is the way I am. That presence of being is the way stay there. And I cling to it. It's I mean, it is a beautiful sweetness that is always there. You just have to tune into it. And then you have to seemingly practice staying there until you realize that you never leave it and that it's not separate from you, that you're not ever out of the vortex you are the vortex that's it yeah I think it's pretty simple it's simple when you have been able to do it and I think Mm -hmm. that when you when you're in that place for some people when they're in their place they that place they understand and then once they forget it's like this veil you know what I mean like there's this whole other I don't know um thing that takes over that keeps them from that and I think that separation or isolation um, loneliness is is one of the greatest illusions that we use against ourselves absolutely definitely I completely agree with you and it keeps us from being able to to realize to me the greatest issue on the planet is that everybody at some time or the other has felt alone except everyone feels alone so how is it that we all have this singular experience that tells us that we are separate from each other, that forces us to fight, that makes us, you know, enemies with each other, with ourselves. And the more that we can realize that unity, we are one with ourselves, we are one with everything on the planet. Yes. Then 
then everything everything is fine all of the little mundane things that happen in a day you know someone cusses you out at work whatever the case may be all of that stuff when it falls away has it has nothing to do with the fact that you are one with you you are the universe unfolding on itself watching itself exactly exactly no that's beautiful absolutely beautiful how you put that so when there have been times that maybe you have forgotten. I would think that maybe you forget less and less as you continue to practice, but the times where it was easier to forget for you, what were some key practices that you put in place to help yourself remember? You know, truly, really and truly insight timer. That is the Holy grail for me. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for insight timer, I don't think I would have been able to remember to stick to the practice as often as I did. Um, there's a, a function in Insight Timer, which is a very popular meditation app where you can set your timer to go off every minute for however long. I would usually do two hour intervals and every minute it would chime. And maybe after 30 minutes, your mind, you know, it just kind of goes to the background. So now the chime, you don't even hear it anymore, right? It's just kind of like background noise. And so I would reset it and then I would try to stick with it again and see how long it would be until the chime became background noise instead of the practice that I was shifting every single time it chimed back into peace. And if I sat there with that chime for two hours with it going off every minute after that, for the rest of the day, it was very easy to recognize when I was out mm. of that peace, you know? So that was tremendously helpful for me. Also reading a little bit every single day. Um, when I say a little bit, I read a lot bit, but <laughs> if everyone else could just read a, like a paragraph, you know, a page or two, just to keep their mind there, because again, all of the conditioning, we've been practicing this other way, this very backwards way of living. We've been practicing tension when our true experience, our true life is relaxation, is relief. Our shoulders shouldn't be up by our ears. You know, our stomach shouldn't be constantly clenched. Mm -hmm. So reading material that keeps you uplifted, that keeps you in alignment, like you said, that sets the tone for the day, waking up, not on your phone, waking up, reading, choosing peace, sitting in meditation for 15 minutes and kind of just resetting yourself into that love so that when you get up, you take that peace with you. That's the important part of meditation, not to find calmness for that 15 to 30 minutes mm -hmm. on the mat. But to take that same state that you became aware of with you throughout the day, and then you do every action, every move you make, every step you take is in that loving presence. That is what you are able to very clearly feel and notice when you're sitting in meditation and a little bit more difficult in the beginning to practice when your body is in motion. But it is just as important to feel that peace and love while your body is in motion as it is when you're seated in meditation. And so just committing to yourself. I had to make the commitment that I am love or I am peace. And this is how I'm going to live. And every day was like a rebirth day. I would recommit to myself. And I still do that to this day. That's important. Committing to yourself. Yeah. I think that we, I think Eric Thomas is who said it, but we, we require commitment from other people. When we go shopping, we want to have a, a 30 day guarantee or, you know what I mean? A refund mm -hmm. policy that's, that's, tightly sealed but how often do we make a commitment to ourselves and then keep it right very rarely <laughs> and I can tell you it was way easier for me to make the spiritual commitment 
um, and gain momentum there than it was for dietary and like exercise commitments. But what was cool was that once I made the spiritual commitment, all of a sudden it was easier to keep those dietary commitments to myself. I found myself being more energetic and wanting, craving to do my sun salutations, my yoga in the morning. Um, but it's like trying to make some of those commitments, like getting up and writing every day, very difficult when you haven't made that spiritual, that deeper commitment mm -hmm. to self. So once that was made, other areas began falling in place as well. Yeah, I don't know if, if, if I want to describe it as shallow commitments, but mm. but when we make shallow commitments, they're not long lasting. Right. That's a really good way to put it. It's fickle. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it, it's true. not rooted. It has no root. There's no foundation. Right. But when you make something like a spiritual commitment, which is that's that's at the core of who you are, that's getting to getting past the programming. Right. right. Then it's able to kind of you're able to be successful in one area. And then once you mm -hmm. do it in one area, it bleeds into you can spread it into the other yeah. aspects of your life. And it, it kind of naturally resolves those other things. It does. It does. It's a beautiful process. And it's something that I desire and want and spend my whole life really dedicated to pointing others like us, other selves to this freedom, to this peace, to this transcendence, that um, transcendence of self. Like you have to go beyond and get beyond the concept that you have of yourself, that body, mind, that ego. And once you start just trying, trying to see that you are beyond that, grace take like kicks in and takes over. And the journey, while it may still be bumpy, um, it's a beautiful scenic journey. Yeah, I think that, you know, you, as you mentioned, helping others to see themselves. I think a part of that, as you've been talking is, is seeing yourself in others, and which helps for you to connect with them, because I think it's difficult for people to connect with each other. Because yeah. they were they, instead of seeing who they are with a person, they see mm -hmm. who they don't want to be with a person. That is true. And another practice that reminds me is to, when you feel that peace within yourself, when you feel that love within yourself, it's important to know that it's illusory, that it's only there within you. It's actually everywhere. The first step is feeling it within. You know, when you hear like in the Bible, the kingdom is within, it's, there's a larger meaning there. Yeah. It's not just that the kingdom is within that body. It's within consciousness. So everywhere the eyes, the human eyes fall, everywhere you see is only love, is only Christhood or Buddha nature, whatever you want to call it. So if you go outside or if you just scroll on Instagram and look at those little pictures of those faces and know that right where that face is appearing, only love is, only God is. And when you're out on the street where we can go back outside, when outside opens, every face you see on the street where they seem to be, God is or love is. And that really makes a difference in how you meet people in your life. Um, if you know that every encounter is a holy encounter. Mm. So what is one thing that you would say or suggest to someone who has a tendency to forget their, their true nature? One thing to set the intention before you even open your eyes in the morning that this is a new day and I'm going to walk in and as love all day. And every time I forget, I'm not going to judge myself. I'm going to thank source or God for touching me on the shoulder and reminding me because every time you remember, 
you know, you, you shouldn't judge yourself because you remembered again, even if it was two or three hours later, <laughs> it's a gift. It's a blessing. So you should be excited. Like, whoa, I forgot the last three hours, but I remembered. And pretty soon those, that remembrance starts happening so often that you can't forget anymore. Like I, I can't not, I can't be out of it the way I was, you know, three years ago. There is no forgetting it anymore. So just like everything, just like going to the gym, you get better and better and better and stronger and stronger. And this presence is no different. You just have to put in some effort, but then the momentum kicks in, you know. So my number one recommendation would be to make that commitment to yourself every morning. That should be the first thing you think about when you wake up, the first thing. And it should be the primary thing on your mind throughout the day. But until you get to that point, if you need to write a note on, for your bed stand, if you need to put it on your ceiling, if you sleep on your back and wake up on your back, wherever you, you have to put that note somewhere to remind yourself, I am more than what I see. I can feel that, that, that fullness, that abundance and live in that throughout the day, walk in that energy. And the, the universe starts responding so quickly that you don't have to believe anything that I say, you know, like you'll know it. <laughs> you won't have to believe anything that you read or anything. You'll know that this is true. And the more, you know, the more you're motivated to practice and the more you're motivated to practice, the more you do. And the more you practice, the more you're rooted in it. And the next thing you know, love is all there is. And your experiences can only reflect that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Love is all there is. Yes. This conversation yeah. could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I could talk to you all day. We'll do it again. For, for days. Sure. <laughs> but I do want to take some time to let you know where we can find you, where we can support you um, after this podcast, because obviously, you know, everything that everything that you share um, has been really helpful and significant. And we want to make sure that we are doing doing our part to continue to support. you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. You can always find me on Instagram at Curly Nikki. And every Monday we have three meditations at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's every Monday on Zoom. And the link is in my bio on Instagram at Curly Nikki. Perfect. We'll make sure that that is all linked in the show notes. Again, I appreciate you so much for taking some time to chat, to enlighten, to remind um, I'm grateful. No, you're awesome. I can tell like you we've read all of the same things. You're living it. You're reflecting that light. You're transparent to that light. Um, so it was a beautiful conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll keep this conversation going and there's free meditations, which I will make sure to let everybody know about because why not? Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we'll just keep on doing our best to remind ourselves that love is all there is. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you next time, Gems. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.